Mr. Wolf. All right, welcome to the vape week number 14. And you can reach me at vapingindustry at gmail.com. Vapingindustry at gmail.com. It's been a fantastically screwed up week. Uh, I am very concerned about multiple different things that are going on with the uh, deeming and the final rules that are going on. Uh, but the thing that I am currently the most concerned about is the entirely new set of regulations being proposed by the VTA group, uh, which is the Vapor Technology Association, uh, and its uh, multiple partners that have saw fit to uh, write new law, uh, new law that regulates vaping, and uh, it va regulates vaping based off of uh, electricity, as in battery safety. Uh, and it also regulates nicotine as far as the form of nicotine known as nicotine. So uh, to me, this looks like a gigantic end around uh, to regulating uh, uh, vaporizing products by the means of the Tobacco Control Act. So this will give the FDA brand new authorities and new capabilities to regulate vaping uh, based off of simply the, just the nicotine. So the original premise was that nicotine is tobacco and tobacco can be regulated. That doesn't go away. Uh, all of that exists. However, VTA, through their uh, lobbyists, have gone to multiple different congressmen and worked with R.J. Reynolds and Altria and other uh, tobacco companies and written specific language that creates a vapor product. And so this vapor product can be regulated and it can be regulated swiftly and efficiently and destructively to our industry. Um, and so this is something that's brand new. Uh, it's been leached into uh, the House Appropriations Bill and it's, uh, it's sitting out there writing. And uh, at first, the, all, all of the anti-vaping groups just said nothing about it. And now uh, the ALA is talking about uh, fighting the changes to the predicate date. Now, there's two things that are currently changing the predicate date that are going through Congress and are both actively moving. One is H.R. 2058, which just addresses the predicate date. So that the ALA is against that. The ALA may also be against that same type of predicate date change in the Cole Bishop Amendments. So the implication if the ALA and all of those rather strong forces and, and very strong, you have tobacco now working with the anti-vaping groups against vaping. Those two have gotten together and created this, these amendments. And if these amendments go through, is that this Cole Bishop Amendment, this ma magnificently destructive Trojan horse being thrust upon the vaping community at this late hour that is being pushed through under the promise of the grandfather date change will regulate and give the, the, the FDA new brand spanking new abilities to go after hardware and vaping and everything. And then all of these last firewalls that have been established to create this whole new industry and the last firewall, a, a contingency has now been attacked by RJR and RJR is working hand in hand with VTA hand in hand with VTA and RJR Reynolds had put out 
to everyone that they wanted to end, end, not ends, end open systems. They want to stop open systems, and that's their angle. The only way they can compete in the vapor market, which will will stay around is if they can close things down to stop all of these microbreweries, if you will, of e-liquids. They, they need to stifle and slam down the industry. And so now you have advocacy groups that have not really evaluated the dangers of this act and are just saying, oh, we want the predicate date. We love the predicate date. And they're not looking at the payload that is being delivered upon our industry with these new Cole Bishop amendments. But I've been saying this now for three weeks straight, maybe four weeks straight, and there's not a single lawyer that has said, oh, by the way, you know, that, 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 uh, that guy over there that's saying that, that the Cole Bishop amendments creates new regulatory authority for the FDA to come after vaping and those things that they can attack vaping with don't currently exist. Nobody said I'm wrong. Now, I tell you, the reason why you hear me talking like the way I am right now, a little bit frustrated and a little bit pissed off, is because if somebody's going to tell me I'm wrong, if you got some lawyer, it's about time you do it. it. It says they can go after nicotine just on the premise of nicotine. Right now, Vaping has been a product that has been unregulated because they could not regulate it. And the only way they could regulate it is under tobacco, and it's taken them seven years. So instead of having them take another seven years, what these blind followers of anything are just willing to sign off the whole bloody industry and giving the, the whole new regulations by taking a, a, a organization called VTA that, uh, that have run over and created this whole thing. And, and they, in, the, in the last four months, they, they want to proclaim super victory. And then when, when it comes out that, they, are, that they, have, uh, they have ties with tobacco, they have tobacco people on their board, Tony Abound, is a former tobacco lobbyist and then we find out that RJR is the is the guy that wrote the, this language that that is going to affect the products and the, and here's the thing with the grandfather date the grandfather date by itself is no panacea if you have your product grandfathered and then you have to go and put in an SE application later on for another product you have to recapitulate everything you would have done in a grandfathered product anyway People aren't even looking at what it takes to get through uh, the, the PMTAs. Every day I love you less and less. It's clear to see that you've become obsessed. I got to get this message to the press.
so uh, I'm not that organized today. Uh, there was the last show that I did, which was uh, the Vape Week 12.5. That's my best show yet. I am very, very pleased with that show. Uh, I don't think it could have gone any better. And I would encourage you to listen to it uh, if you are a listener. The, the Vape Week number 12, which is different, there's a Vape Week 12 and there's a 12.5. Uh, and this is Vape Week 14. So uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, this week. I wrote a letter. Um, there was there was some stuff where right now there is a, uh, a family feud going on between the coal bill which is hr 2058 and this thing has been cooking for a while it's gathering steam it's got 54 on board they're co-sponsors and it's moving through the house some people say it's no longer moving but there was movement on it this week there was uh, an additional co-sponsor and what this does is it changes the predicate date the end that's all it does um and for a lot of people uh they believe that that is all that needs to be done so now then additionally uh what came in was a new organization called vta uh was created this year oh wait a second um i think there is a caller on the line and i've had problems with my phone lines uh, but i want to go ahead and try this it looks like they're asking a question and uh let me just do this right now hello Hey, it's, Ed, it's Matt Allen. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, um, I'll introduce myself real quickly to your audience and who may not know me. Um, about three years ago, I started the uh, Daily Action Plan. We stopped doing it because I just got overwhelmed, and Alex Clark was helping me do it as well. Um, I also double as the Texas director for the Poker Players Alliance, so I have experience in single-issue advocacy. Um, I also serve as an officer on Casal as their grassroots communication organizer. So that's who I am. I also sent you the link earlier today, and I thought that the uh, having a U.S. senator speak up uh, for vaping was just awesome this week. Um, he wrote a letter to the FDA demanding answers to a few questions, and he, he asked, uh, point on questions about the I don't have the letter in front of me but they're just great questions so and I kind of wanted to comment on that or not comment on that but talk about that a little bit yeah I mean I, I heard the link uh, and then I know that you just posted that onto Casa so if people want to hear that recording uh, so that Matthew Allen uh, posted that on Casa so you can find it uh, right now kind of Casa is kind of flooded with things so it's it's there, uh, and probably the easiest way is just to search for A L L E N, uh, and it'll probably pop up that way if you if you're looking for it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm as as was you said, I'm I'm excited by this guy because he he seems to be really coming at it, and he and he's just on point with everything. Uh, so um, it's hey, and he's the second member of Congress to actually speak out publicly. I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, Representative Cole speak on electronic cigarettes. But I know we've definitely heard uh, Representative Duncan Hunter out of California speak very well and actually take a little vape in a, in a congressional hearing. So that's, that's a good positive support. And I think the reason that this is happening is our fellow members of Congress and senators and all that are finally hearing from the vapors. 
and I think that needs to continue to happen. Um, for years, you wouldn't hear anybody in public doing it, but now they know if they come out and support something like this, that there are voters behind this. And I think with the whole battle that we're fighting here, the strongest thing we have is the passion of the vapors. Absolutely. And so, yeah, well, there's Duncan Hunter and, and there's uh, Congressman Cole. Now, Cole, Cole has certainly talked about electronic cigarettes because he is the guy that started the whole 2058 last year. So he's definitely uh, a proponent and, and he's been trying to do something uh, pretty darn effective, uh, which would be to he goes straight to the predicate date. Uh, and, and that's what he does. That's the 20 H.R. 2058. Now, I don't know if you can speak at all for Kassaw or not, but uh, there's been a lot of controversy mm -hmm. with uh, with people, some people saying that HR 2058 is no longer moving, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it is moving. I, I, I do not speak for anybody. I speak for myself. I'm not authorized to speak for any organization I'm a part of. Have you heard about what the American Cancer Society did this week? I, I saw something. There? Yeah, I saw something with American Cancer Society, but it's not jumping up in my brain right now. Which which item? What what they did was no. That's that. I mean, that sounds good. The only thing that I'm concerned is that there's it. It, it although it's different than um, you know a call of action or something like that. It, it's just another resource, and that's why I'm thinking that now that there is this sort of coalition uh, between. Uh, AIMSA and then uh, CASA and Safada and uh, not blowing smoke. Uh, AIMSA, and there's, there's, I think there's four of them, right? Uh, uh, AIMSA, yeah. So that 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 there's the, that coalition. American America and the AVA. And the AVA. That's who I forgot. Uh, yeah, it seems like something should be done under the auspices of that, and at least cleared, because I, I am, I, I it's. Uh, I hate redundant work. So, I mean, I, I just think that, that there there needs... It's a good idea. It's definitely needed, but it should be done. It should be put out there as as something that's being supported. So people... Um, and then, yeah, definitely the daily action plan would coincide and probably, you know, like I said, I'm an officer with Casal. I'm also a consumer advocate with AMSA. Um, you know, I like to know which legislators to target and all that, but it needs to be its not own separate entity, but it just needs somebody with time to be able to put the plan together, and then the vapors would do the plan. But it, it doesn't need to be a coalition, not asking for money, just asking people to take time out of their day. Um, where I got the ideal from, by the way, was from the Poker Players Alliance. A guy named Rich Muni, who's on the board of directors for the PPA, has a daily action plan for poker, where every day you can go and send a tweet and write Facebook messages to individual ledger, uh, legislators. And what I'm trying to do is get something like that going with vaping, although I just don't have the time to do it anymore. Right. So and, and I, I, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I, I, I think it's a good idea, and I think it's probably needed. All I'm saying with the coalition is that they have resources and then they have reach, both of those things. So if to, to have it, if it's somehow put together to where uh, that that one group we said one group like not blowing smoke does a lot of things like uh, when it was going on in Sacramento there was a lot of action alerts that were coming out of uh, out of not blowing smoke but now but as time you know that's some of the reasons for that is that Stefan is located in California but it seems to me that if if it can be 
I, I think it's a good idea. I just think it needs to be massaged by those groups and then to somehow uh, that they, they, I think they'd be a receptive audience uh, because I think it is a needed function. Uh, so g go ahead and shoot out your contact information again uh, if anybody wants to contact you. You can email me at texansforpoker at gmail.com and it's Texans and the word for, not the not the number four, four Texans for poker at gmail.com. All right. And, and then just uh, what I forgot to say, because it, it, I, I only saw the headline of the ALA thing. I think I saw that just while I was scrolling through on Kassad just, just a minute, you know, about an hour ago. But uh, when they are in opposition, are they in opposition to the appropriations amendments or the uh, specific to the coal bill is it is it both or is it one or is it the other um i think it's both i think they're basically asking congress the most i read about it is on uh dr michael siegel's blog he blogged about it and shared a link to it um and i kind of glanced over it they're being very deceptive and they're talking about children by the right. way every article about children, children this, children that. I heard it 10 years ago when Congress and the federal government was talking about banning online poker. And when we're doing it, they're like, oh, we got to save the children. Yeah, it's nothing new. They were using all the same arguments. Yeah, I've, I've even seen documents talking about logical fallacies that uh, appeal to the children as one of the examples of a way to, to manipulate. Um, it'll be curious to me when I look at the, the actual, the whole thing, is if because when I saw it, in the way you first described it, it seems like it was talking about HR uh, 2058 exclusively. Uh, but if so, if they're if they are talking about the other one uh, as well, that's it's going to be a data point for me. Because if they're only talking about HR 2058 and they're they're not commenting on, uh, I think the, the verbiage exactly is just about changing the predicate date at all. Right. So um, if they're I, if they're if they're essentially assisting with the killing of HR twenty fifty eight and letting live the Cole Bishop amendments, that would be a data point and something that would say something to me. Obviously, it would fit right in with what I am saying. So you know, I, right now I can tell you right as I'm talking and thinking out loud that you know it's possible I'm grabbing and looking for information that supports me. But if they're if there are specific to HR 2058, I have a lot of concerns. I don't know if, you, if you've heard me before, but I've, I've, I do I'll not want the Cole Bishop bill. I want the Cole Bishop bill. I, I've, I've discerned it now into a discrete statement. I want that bill to fail as written. I want it to go away. I don't want it to pass. Um, and so you would expect. Yeah, my question is, well, I've, I've heard a little bit about the Cole Bishop bill. My biggest concern with that bill, and um, I, I actually haven't read it. I've just heard people talk about it because legal talk. Um, I believe they talk about uh, nicotine, electronic cigarettes, and vaping separately. And my question is, is do they redefine the uh, term electronic cigarettes and vaping as to where your nicotine can come from? That is my biggest concern. It does. With uh -oh. that bill. It does. It, what it does is it creates a parallel structure. Right. Well, right now we have a gigantic loophole with the demon reds. Your nicotine has to come from tobacco, and apparently somebody has to not really make nicotine without tobacco. Correct. Uh, 
and so I've got, uh, I think I still have it open here. I know I've closed the document. Um, it, it, from memory, it, I can actually, I'm, I'm opening it. Um, it has, here's the definition. What it does is it creates a vapor product. And uh, right. the vapor product has this definition. I'm scrolling through it. As used in this act, the term vapor product means any non-combustible product that employs a heating element, power source, electronic circuit, or electronic, or other electronic, chemical or mechanical means, regardless of shape, size, to produce a vapor from nicotine in a solution or other form. And it and it's so it's just regulating nicotine with no reference to tobacco right that would be my biggest concern is that it's it's um the redefining the term nicotine and the tobacco or i'm not even gonna call it tobacco control act the uh barbaro protection act that was passed in 2010 um the term tobacco product and nicotine was anything derived from tobacco that redefines the term of nicotine. So but the term. way I understand so, it, yeah, the way I understand it, 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 it does create this yeah, standard, but better, it, go ahead. It's better than that. My, my understanding is it's probably better than the status quo we have right now. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know the legal ease difference between them all, and I'm not going to claim to. Um, my concern with it is it redefines nicotine, the vapor product. That is a concern, but from what I've heard from people I've talked to about the issue is it is definitely better than in the status quo, which right. is the gaining regs. Is, so it's an improvement, but not a good improvement. Right. That's uh, that. Are, that I, I agree. That is the view of some people. Yes. Uh, but so I will. Uh, I will be hitting this again uh, later on in the show. Uh, but uh, what the data point that I'm going to get out of this of what you're talking about is I want to find out if the ALA is talking about just the, just the predicate date because if they're against the predicate date, I would understand that. And if they're silent on the uh, Cole Bishop amendments because it has those amendments, that would also give me uh, reason to think that the anti-vaping and the RJR and the other people that, have, that are supporting this bill, that this is a long-term negative thing to vaping. So I don't have the answer to that right now, but if, if it is what I suspect, and, and uh, right, only after HR 2058, that's, a, that's an important point that I'll be hitting on later. All right, so um, if there's anything else uh, that you want to bring out, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep on going. If, if not, uh, I, I certainly thank you for your call and thank you for the information on uh, Ron Johnson, and which, again, that's available on, uh, on We Arkansas on Facebook. All right. Well, I think that's about it. What, what's your next subject here? Uh, well, I'm going to be uh, talking about uh, my letter uh, that I wrote, and uh, I'm going to be talking about how I got banned out of some groups and and some stuff that uh, that stuff like that. Uh, people may or may not be interested in it, but we'll see. Uh, that's what I was going to go to. Did Did you get banned, or did Tom Baker get banned? Uh, Tom Baker? You mean Doctor <laughs> Who? 
Yeah, uh, no, I yeah, no, sure, sure. I mean, I, I actually the reason why I picked Tom Baker is because no, I he, he is the best yeah, Doctor I, Who. Well, I mean, if I say like right now, I, I'm drinking a Steve Austin beer. Now, does that mean Million Dollar Man Steve Austin, or does that mean Stone Cold Steve Austin? You know, Tom Baker's kind of a common name, so. No, I think yeah, it's it's okay because I picked it because I like if you've ever seen that actor the the way that he handled himself in that series because you know I'm from uh, you know from the Bay Area there was a a station called KTEH which is the public television in Silicon Valley and uh, before uh, KQED which is the San Francisco station exerted its regular its domain over San Jose uh, because apparently in the in the whole uh, PBS system that uh, uh, the, the, you have territorial rights so San Francisco came and took over San Jose and just displaced it uh, but before that happened there used to be something called science fiction night uh, on KTH and uh, you, they would run shows like Star Cop and and Doctor Who and uh, you know Blake Seven and The Prisoner uh, and they would just put on a lot of these good British shows and so uh, I mean it, it, if if I was in England right now uh, it would be kind of like me using the name William Shatner uh, and so uh, I've already explained why I used it but uh, no I, I still that that actor is a, was a favorite character of mine and. Uh, you know, actually, I kind of like. Uh, if you ever, if you're ever familiar with Blake Seven at all, no. Okay, I I, I think I would kind of be uh, some sort of character in there. I, Avon I, I, Avon is a is a good character that I kind of admire in that in that. Not Blake all the time. Uh, Blake is, uh, but Avon. If people have ever seen Blake Seven, I, I'm just ragging on you a little bit because you came into the community with a, you know, a false name. Whether you think people should have caught on or not, that doesn't matter. I'm just ragging on you. It's the internet. It's the internet. Would you put out your? (laughs) There's a guy named. There's a. We'll say it this way. Yes, because I did. Yeah. Well. So, but I understand to protect your your, protect your real identity. but I'm just ragging on you a little bit for it, so it's, it's no big deal. All right, all right. You know. I, I do appreciate your call. I think you're the the first call that had actually successfully worked from start, middle to end. Uh, so I'll let you go right here, and uh, I'm gonna oh. flip you on the hold. I think is what it does. Uh, I think Kevin usually just hangs up on me, which I kind of find rude. But um... yeah, it's, it's <laughs> annoying. He did that to me. Yeah. He didn't know how to mute you. It, it no, he knows how to do it because every time he hangs up, he goes, I hung up on him and starts laughing. And then when I go back uh, because of the delay, I hear him laughing at me. But, uh, you know, if the little kids uh, make fun of me too. I'm, I'm an easy target, so uh, it's nothing I worry about. All right, I appreciate your call, and I'm going to let you go. Bye-bye. All right, uh, so uh, that what I want to do now is uh, I got banned out of some groups, uh, and – this is not new for me um, and it's I think it's because I like to express myself and I and I like to uh, I like to, to, to think for myself and I like to to put it out and I like to think out loud there's a there's something called a Myers-Briggs uh, out there and uh, that uh, uh, talks about different personality types uh, for uh, for uh, 
for the, on on a 16-point axis essentially. Uh, so I would be ENTP, um, but socially, if you put a gorgeous woman around me, I will go into INTP for sure. Uh, so I, I'm the difference in the first character is introvert versus extrovert. So uh, we did a team building exercise at, at a corporation on this, and uh, so that the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is that an introvert wants to think things out and get it all correct before they say something. And then when they say something, they, they're invested into it. So that's, they, they really want to get it all, you know, neat and tidy and then put it out there. And so, you know, they, they talk just about as, as much as anybody else, but they really want to have it all dialed in. Now, an extrovert is somebody that feels comfortable with talking out loud, is comfortable with having their ideas challenged, and, and is comfortable with, while they're thinking out loud and discussing something, if they need to make a change, that they're able to make a change. Uh, so that's kind of why I, I kind of get in trouble uh, uh, sometimes, because I'm willing to talk it out and express it. So that's a good segue into this letter that I wrote. Um, I, I, today, there's a controversy now with the Cole HR 2058, and unfortunately for everybody, there's the Cole Bishop Amendment. And so the, the unfortunate part is that they both kind of can be started with Cole. So there's obvious confusion. When I listened to my last show, I was incorrectly flipping them around. Sometimes I would reference Cole when I was really meaning the Cole Bishop. Um, so uh, there's H. So I'll try and say it this way. There's HR 2058 and there's the Cole Bishop. HR 2058 addresses the predicate date. That's all it does. It's rolling through Congress right now. 54 people uh, with more people signing on every day. It's active. Uh, and then there is uh, Let's just keep it all, uh, try and stovepipe them here a little bit. H.R. 2058 is being called a dead bill by some people, uh, most notably VTA and Dimitri and some other people uh, are saying that this thing is dead and that uh, I think the way Dimitri des uh, described it is it, it's some things don't work, this one didn't work, everybody just needs to move on so it's just you know I'm sorry it's dead uh, but it is dead is kind of what he's saying now other people that are still following it do want to disagree they want to say yes it's still alive and it still has its purpose and it's still functional now if what the ALA did today is they've come out and they've com completely done uh, the, the bidding of VTA. Now that's bullshit, right? Uh, that is bullshit. Uh, if, they, if they've come out and, and decided to uh, put sniper shots into HR 2058 exclusively and not the Cole Bishop, that means something. Because what I've been saying is that uh, there is a loud silence between the anti-vaping groups to, with regards to the Cole Bishop. They're just not talking about it. So uh, now the, the ALA has popped up and they're talking about the predicate date, but they're not, I mean, so I just don't know. I won't know right now. It's curious. But if they're snipering at HR 2058 and not the Cole Bishop, that's a data point. That means something. Now, if it doesn't, if, if they're going after both in what they've already put out, uh, that that would be an argument against me that would be an argument that uh you know it, they just didn't get around to it but 
I think it, I, I still think I'm right. So the reason why HR uh, 2058 is a better bill is because it talks about one thing. It goes after the grandfather and it's been moving along and the FDA is well aware of it. Uh, and the Cole Bishop is creates a brand new regulatory structure to be used against vaping. Um, and I think it'll be used on vaping, uh, but it's going to be used against vaping. Uh, and what's the difference? Well, uh, what, what does the Cole Bishop bill amendment do? Um, it removes the defense of not, uh, of tobacco derived nicotine. Currently, we can say if it's not derived from tobacco, it's not covered by the tobacco, uh, the, by the current deeming. And that's true. And if they're going to try and work and finagle it, they still have to work and finagle it. And there's no reason to think with everything that they're doing that they are, that they are have, they don't have a good angle on that. The, the, the law is clear. The law means it has to be derived from tobacco. It's a tobacco control act. It is not a nicotine control act. What the Cole Bishop bill does is creates a nicotine control act in the use of electronic vaporizers because we, we're using it in that device. It's going after the nicotine. It's saying nicotine, nicotine. Uh, and we, I heard just, you know, a very uh, a very poor broadcast uh, of a live broadcast of Greg Conley talking at VPX Vegas, and what he said, uh, and I'm going to be paraphrasing, and I'm also you know th the best source for anything from Greg is to to listen to Greg himself. But what I saw was a video that was breaking up uh, and coming in and out. But what he was saying is that he thought that the tobacco-free nicotine was no defense at all, that it would get uh, maneuvered around and dealt with and so people thinking that tobacco-free nicotine uh, was not uh, what that people that thinking that tobacco-free nicotine was a, a safe island to, to you know to dock at uh, he was saying it wasn't going to be true everything that I've seen says that tobacco-free nicotine is a valid solution and a, a legally supportable solution and I covered that in my last show which is the vape week 12.5 uh, and so I, I went through the detail that if I was a small business that I would feel comfortable uh, and this is not legal advice at all but if I was a manufacturer and I was using tobacco free nicotine at this juncture without the Cole Bishop I feel comfortable that I don't need to report now that would be me and that would be an extrovert type of thing I would be willing to navigate that uh, for an introvert business or some a business that has to protect a lot of employees which is something that I don't have to do obviously uh, they might make a different legal conclusion so uh, certainly everybody's at their option but with this Cole Bishop even for anybody thinking that the tobacco-free nicotine is in its defense, it gets taken away. And the, the exact mechanics, once they create a definition and give that definition to the FDA to control, then the FDA has control over it. Um, and it's a way of sneaking in if vaping is defined as any form of nicotine. 
as a definition, then they can start lobbying and adding and building upon that framework. The definition of nicotine in the Cole Bishop Amendment gives them a foundation to build a giant structure to wield against the vaping industry. And in my opinion, it is not worth the benefit of the, of the predicate change to get that definition used against us. It, in my opinion, it is not worth the risk. The trade-off is too terrible. The, the benefit of the predicate date change is not sufficient enough by itself to balance against the negatives of the amendments in the Cole Bishop amendments. And sometimes they call these things wrecking bills, wrecking amendments. I think that's used in the UK. It's often called a poison pill. And so if you, if they are able to tack on things into a bill, that the overall bill is such a negative consequence, the whole bill has to die. And, and essentially that's, uh, well, there's a little bit of, uh, if people are familiar with what happened in California, when they removed certain sections of the bill that Leno wanted, this is an inverse poison pill, uh, when, when certain sections were removed from Leno's bill, that Leno said, even though he wanted all the things originally, once the key thing was removed, and ironically, and not really ironically, what was removed from Leno's bill was the definition of of a vapor product once that was removed they all abandoned they all fleed and so this is a very good point <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking about this right now out loud so uh, anyway so I'm gonna go to my letter uh, which was talking about this this very same thing and uh, this letter uh, I first uh, Right now, uh, there's an organization called SEVIA, SEVIA is how it's pronounced, and that is the Sichuan Electronic Vapor Industry Alliance. Uh, it's the Chinese manufacturers, and the chairman of the board, as is being reported in press releases, is Dimitri Agrifonis. And the one of the other key members is Phil Bersardo. So, I don't know their pay structure or whether it's volunteer. I don't have any clue to that. But they are being shown as either officers or the Americans in charge of the American version of it. So I saw uh, basically Phil put out a message that uh, people should be supporting. It's, he might have said both. I forgot what it is. He either said support both. I think he might have said support both. Or he might have said uh, support uh, the Cole Bishop. So I wrote a reply on why I did not think that the Cole Bishop uh, was a good bill. And then uh, what uh, Phil Bersardo wrote me back uh, after he deleted it and said, uh, you know, I just don't want this. I, I don't want there to be a disharmony on my personal thread. Uh, I hope you understand. And so that was the end of that. So I, what I did from there is... Uh, expanding on my generalized frustrations with what I think is that people are, have not read the Cole Bishop bill uh, amendments and they don't realize that RJR was the architect of some of these things that they don't seem to realize that uh, the right for advertising is being severely limited for for 
a legal and, and ethical and a reasonable product, that all these things are, are happening with this bill. Um, so I wrote some things out. Uh, so, and I, I wanted, it got to the point where I thought, because I, I, I saw people like um, Grim Green uh, put out a message that said support both. And I think uh, Matt Cully put out this message called support both. And so it seemed to be that people were uh, going over to the side of let's just cover all the bases and support both. Um, and I understand why, why somebody, you, you know, wants to try and keep the peace and stuff like that and, and whatever. Uh, so I, I, I had come to, I have come to the conclusion that, uh, I'm, I'm willing to go out there alone and say this. I, there's no organization supporting me on saying this, that I'm willing to say out loud and into a group that, the Cole Bishop amendments as a set have the reasonable probability of being devastating to vaping in the long run. And that devastation would play into the hands of some of the authors, which are big tobacco. And their game plan is longer than this temporary predicate date change. Okay, it starts off with an open letter to the vape community about associations and the Cole Bishop Amendment. There is no alternate framework to the deeming that is being proposed or on the table. It's a giant myth. Cole Bishop Amendments are additional regulations compounding and more restrictive controls that will be made available to the FDA with passage. They have long-term dangers to the business for businesses who want to be in the market after two years. I then say, number one, vapors need to take a stand. Number two, not all advocacy groups are effective. Number three, not everyone should be supported. Number four, we are in a fight and I suggest that we fight with the coalition of organizations that have been announced. And then I list them, which is CASA, the AVA, SAFADA, AMSA and NBS. So I'm aware of one coalition. I'm not aware of any other coalitions and I'm aware of all of these names have been active. Uh, NBS is about a year and two months old, something like that. Remember when that came out? AMSA has uh, been around uh, for as long as I've been vaping, I think. Safada, same thing. AVA is about two and a half years old and CASA obviously has been around uh, for five, six years, I think at least. So these are all well-known organizations and they've gotten, gotten together and, uh, and are working together. So I'm making the case that uh, here's a coalition and uh, let's go ahead and, and support that coalition. And that, that's a good way to go. Then I say number five, other associations are superfluous, redundant, and reinventing a wheel that is already in use. I've seen the phrase used over and over, uh, you should be out of the industry if you cannot donate X amount, or if you have a booth babe, if you sell sweet flavors with a descriptive la label. I reject all of that. Number seven, if you cannot support the coalition, fine, but how about you stop right there? That is at least no harm, no foul. And to the vape famous YouTube expo paid reviewers that are trading on their personalities as Saturday Night Lives and Biggestly Gay duo, 
please stop commingling, conflating, advocacy with your personal businesses. Stop pushing out recommendations and then when challenged or given feedback, besides obedience to your messaging, claim the don't say that on my wall defense. Don't, don't do that defense is what I'm saying. You cannot direct people and then expect no review from those you are telling them what to do. So if you're telling somebody what to do, you should listen to them is what I'm trying to get across. And don't use the power of personality and popularity as, as the argument for your, for your means. So the choices in advocacy affect real companies and their employees. So acting as if they need to be in unity in the form of unchallenging assertions is wrong and improper and dangerous groupthink. We need dialogue, not demigods. Sevia, CSFO, which is uh, CSFO is something that I uh, caught wind from several different people. Uh, it's, uh, it's VTA California is the easiest way to kind of describe it. Uh, Tony and uh, a couple other people were out here uh, soliciting a large number of the big businesses. So, uh, Sevia, CSFO, VTA, Vista, and a host of other pop-up lobby groups could be helpful, but doubtful. So, who knows? But it's much more likely that they're going to be divisive, duplica divisive, duplicative, redundant, dilutive to what the coalition is already setting up to do. We do have organizations who, for years, have a track record. Remember when Safada, for example, created fly-ins for your state or the federal side? Question mark. And if you don't, there's a reason, and that's on you. That's because you know, getting trying to get across there that that Safada was setting those things up. If you didn't attend, that's on you. Then I go back to writing. Uh, who could think handing the ball over to some newbies who, who looked at the industry on paper and said, "Heck." We can sell this to these bozos. Number 10, we need dialogue, not demigods. Using the arguments of the cult of personality for the purpose to shield the vape famous oversensitive declares of all things advocacy as a means to silence reasonable review, examinations of their proposals and critiques of what they will likely of, of the likely outcomes of the paths if they are chosen. The industry, this is an industry and not a tree fort club. So uh, I'm trying to get across that, you know, popular people uh, spinning yarns uh, of what they think everybody should do should not then be absent of feedback uh, and not willing to accept it. That's that's what I'm saying. Number 11, if you cannot handle a conflict of ideas and the resolutions by adults debating it, perhaps put out put on your adult earmuffs and enjoy the bliss of ignorance. But please, do not intersect the process of creative debate and the rising to the top of the best ideas, despite the challenges within the group. We need a dialogue, not demagogues. 
and twits who think that memes of shaking heads and typing in the word troll and TLDR are insightful. Yes, talking to them, you can not comment. If you got nothing to say, I, be I think you, you believe saying that a post saying XYZ about me is a, is a way of marking your attendance so you get a trophy at the end. Don't worry, it is, uh, it's in the UPS check your post office box. I'm, I'm trying to cut off detractors there and obviously it's a garbled sentence and so if somebody wants to say that uh, number 11 is garbled, absolutely. So then I go back to the part where I started. Um, and this this is what I originally posted on Phil Brasardo's page. Um, so all that was what I had added in. Number 12, I'm making a stand on the coal amendments because they are a pathway to restricting approvals and making it closed systems vaping only. And that's what I think this is a pathway to. Uh, the, the coal bishop amendments is a pathway to closed systems only. The congressmen have said it is a pathway to controlling batteries, removing free speech, and a means to ban entire categories of flavors. This is not a set of trivial things. This is not a simple check off the box. I have very serious concerns about the Cole Bishop amendments because I see them as a pathway to closed tank only systems. I should stop putting in my own words that I'm, as I'm explaining it because I'm then now saying the same thing that I actually wrote. Because I see them as a pathway to closed tank systems, uh, a closed systems only regulated marketplace. It gives the FDA new ability. <sighs> Hold on a second. I got a wet my whistle. By the way, uh, there's about 20 minutes left on the phone lines that are operational. So uh, I'm going to go back and check uh, here quickly if there's anybody that is on the line that wants to talk. I see uh, nobody is on the line and wanting to talk right now. 347-308-8329. The phone lines are operational, and uh, if there's like a Kevin Price out there, or if there's a Knocknor, or if there's an AJ Mole, or if there's a Chris Richardson, any of these, uh, you know, uh, dweebets uh, would uh, like to call up and uh, take a, uh, take a uh, brush back on me and uh, tell me what they think, the phone lines are open. It gives the FDA new abilities to regulate and remove, and removes literally none. The carrot is the grandfather date change, but if the date is changed this late in the game, the FDA can easily remove the two-year grace period. This is not being considered. The predicate date change does not remove the burdens of the deeming. It delays for some. Any packaging changes grandfathered uh, any packaging changes to a grandfather product can be exploited by aggress aggressive regulators irked by having a 12th hour change pushed on them. A package change can easily take what you thought would be a grandfathered product and push, your, push you into needing to submit a substantial equivalence application. But here's the thing, because you don't have the paperwork because it was grandfathered, the SE actually has near the same amount of work as a PMTA. It's an interconnected mobile of dependencies. By ripping out a leg from one from the from the FDA will get a response. It's human nature. 
RJR wrote the battery change language in the Cole Bishop amendments. If you control battery safety from an engineer's perspective, you control every section uh, that the electricity touches. The chip, the coil, the connector, everything touching the battery is part of the battery safety of the system. And you have to look at the whole system. This is a gateway to controlling hardware that just does not exist in the current deeming. And it's unbound by all of the tobacco regulations. They are, they are custom designed to affect vape gear. And what I'm saying is the Cole Bishop amendments are custom designed to affect vape gear. And that's, and critically, none of the existing law goes away. Number 16, after a lot of studies, uh, after a lot of study, and it won't make me popular, Hiawatha, uh, a couple big arrows, I do not support, this is my conclusion essentially, uh, I do not support the Cole Bishop's amendments because the benefits of the grandfather date do not exceed the real risk created by the new regulations the amendments create. The amendments are additional to the existing law. Number C, vaping would, would additionally, vaping would additionally be controlled by this law in addition to the Tobacco Control Act, and that would control tobacco nicotine under the Tobacco Control Act and any form of nicotine on the Cole Bishop Amendments. And I wrote that in poor English. The ability to control hardware and regulate vape without the protections that, that tobacco created for itself expose vaping to simply too many risks. The reason there really is a reason, this is number 17, there really is a reason why Glantz has not come out against the, the amendments. It plays into the anti-vaping group's agendas and RGR's stated goal of banning all open tank systems. So if the ALA, uh, I have one last couple last things. Uh, I don't mind if you disagree with me and I will read them. And if that is your only contribution is taunting twits of 140 characters or less, well then you can understand that you can dot 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 dot. And then I do a TLRDR at the, at the end. TLRDR is like the difference between adults and the children's table at Thanksgiving. If you cannot shut up about being too lazy to read something and then think that you should share that with everyone by posting TLDR into a thread, you probably don't. You definitely... You don't probably, you do definitely need to be stationed at the children's table or to go to bed. And so that last comment is basically, if, if anybody creates a thread uh, of any consequence other than 140 characters, there's always some gerbil out there that thinks, oh, I'm going to type in TLDR and then throw an emoticon of somebody shaking their head and that they think that that is some sort of gigantic thing that that they've they've been insightful and then uh because they've participated in the thread with with tossing out these emoticons and and just saying i didn't i didn't read it i didn't read it as if they're proud to not read uh, that they their their attendance is noted by the other people who like them and they get their little attendance trophies which in facebook land are likes um uh, so clearly i was anticipating uh 
that some people would do that. So I, everything I see there, I agree with. I, I don't think I've attacked anybody. Uh, and, and so what happened is that I posted that out uh, into places that um, on my page, and then I shared it out. I shared it out to CASA, and they opted to not publish it. No farm, no foul there. Uh, I published it out to a couple of these secret groups, something called Vape Advocacy Elitist, and there's another one called uh, Vaping Advocacy Community. And uh, one of them, I believe, is run by A.J. Mole, and the other one is run by uh, Chris Richardson. So if people aren't really in the know of these things, uh, there there's some little groups out there uh, which have people that go into them, and they've, they, each group is about 300 people big. And there's usually about 40 active people in there, because if you scroll down the post, you see how many people actually viewed these posts. It's, it's like 40 uh, at max. Oftentimes during the day, you'll see, you know, you and 10 other people looked at the post. And uh, that's something for some reason on some groups you get to see that, in other groups you don't get to see that, but on these groups you do. And uh, so they, they will post out stuff that would normally be posted in Casal or other places, and then they'll talk about it. And this is like, uh, for, for some reviewers, we'll use this stuff because this is like, uh, if you ever see a reviewer and they, they say, well, I've seen it on Facebook, sometimes it's in this little vape advocacy elitist group or this vaping uh, community thing, uh, vape advocacy community. And that's where they, they say, well, I've, I've seen it on Facebook. And then if you ever look around and say, I don't, I don't see it anywhere on Facebook, it's because it's kind of going on here in, this, in these uh, uh, private clubs, if you will. Um, and so uh, I posted it out to places like Mod MV that was run by Vapor Joe. And, uh, and Vapor Joe, uh, there's a lot of people that don't like them. I understand that. I understand their logic. I don't necessarily, I, I, in fact, on, on a lot of levels, I don't disagree. On some levels, I kind of think he is kind of being a little bit of a dick. But uh, nothing that, uh, that would, you know, uh, make me want to say, uh, you know, shake his hand and have a beer with him or whatever. I mean, he's, he's a decent enough guy. He... he He's a spammer. If you look at his thing on, on Facebook, he calls himself a uh, promoter. Um, and so just like uh, Billy Graham or, or Don King, you know, a promoter's a promoter. So uh, he's definitely... Anyway, uh, I posted it onto his group. The only point being is that he let it ride. Uh, he didn't delete it. Uh, and then uh, there's some other groups. Uh, I posted it into uh, uh, another group, uh, and right now they're deciding, I think, days later if they want to have it deleted. And uh, there's a guy named Alex. Uh, uh, I don't want to get his name wrong, um, so I'm not going to say his last name. Uh, Alex, um, who is basically uh, on one thread, is saying, uh, I think it's on the ClickBang thread, um, he was saying... Uh, that he thought that there was some sort of thing, uh, something wrong with it or, or another. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so I, those two groups, the, the elitist and the, uh, and the vaping community, the vape advocacy community, both uh, expelled me from their groups. Uh, I'm now banned and verboten. And neither of them, uh, neither AJ Mole or this uh, Chris Richardson, gave me any sort of, uh, this is why I'm kicking you out you're kicked out. So there was no notification of anything. However, uh, the, you know, ironically, it seemed like, like the notification system in Facebook didn't actually catch up uh, with me being banned because then I get the joyous uh, ability uh, 
to to go and see what they're talking about. They're they're talking shit about me in the groups that just banned me. So they didn't notify me, and uh, for whatever glitch, I get to see what these guys are saying. So uh, here's one from uh, Matt Cully uh, that says, uh, "Yeah, he takes it too far. He's a smart dude, but he contradicts himself. He wants people to be free thinkers, but only if free thinking is in line with his." Uh, some people like that. Uh, the admins have uh, no issue with dissent. We're welcome to it. Uh, this is AJ Mole saying this. The admins have no issue with dissent. We welcome it. However, uh, name calling is divisive and it won't be tolerated. Uh, so you heard what I said in there. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't think I even came close to anything being really bad. I, I don't. I don't even know what what who I insulted or or what the insult would be, uh, other than to reference that there are vape famous and the vape famous don't want to be challenged. Uh, um, you know, sometimes there is that. I mean, if you were a reviewer and then suddenly you become an advocator, um, you re- have to realize that. The advocacy is it, it's it's a chess game there's a lot of moving parts there it's not just you can't just say eh, and and that's it you know you can say on a product at the end of the review would i buy it or not buy it and uh this is uh, the tagline by rip trippers i think other people are starting to use it now at the end of the day if i if i lost this device and i had to buy it with my own money would i do it yes or no i mean uh y- y- you can it's not as clear cut as a device review because there's trade-offs like the two bills that I was just talking about. There's trade-offs. I had to go. I, I spent a lot of time looking at this bill, looking at RJR crafting the battery language and trying to examine why RJR would craft the battery language. So first of all, you know, you think it's you think it's a not uh, uh, in in a, a, a you think that it's an innocuous item that they're saying well battery safety but if you think again it's rjr so the rjr is not going to propose just battery safety for no apparent reason so i heard some people with theories that oh yes uh, maybe rjr has a brand new battery technology that they are going to uh, use uh, and uh, nobody else will have access to that technology and uh, they're going to control the whole market for batteries. And I heard that. And that, that was very early on. But I, I kind of dismissed that uh, because Tesla, uh, and there's a lot of people working on batteries. So if, if RJR was sitting on the 18650 uh, of, of perfection, of long charge, of safety, and all that other stuff, uh, you know, Tesla would buy it off them, or, or there's 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 people using battery technology right now. Battery technology is the where some of the biggest amounts of funding and science are going on across the entire globe. In fact, Tesla is talking about using a solar panel that goes into a large battery that you hang up on the outside of your house, and that you're able to get yourself off the grid. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that going. So I I don't think that RJR has any battery technology uh anything better than sony panasonic machuista and uh all these other uh companies uh and and the korean companies too lg and uh samsung uh that i i don't think that there's uh anybody other than the technology companies that have the battery i don't think rjr is oh we're a tobacco company and we just so happen to have the earth shattering battery technology sitting in our hand too uh that we want to use in, in cigarettes i just don't think that's the case but there's a lot of people that speculated on that. 
So I went to the next level and said, well, it's not that, obviously. Uh, why would you want to control battery safety? And then I thought about underwriters' laboratories. And then, remember, people people's houses used to burn down from... Uh, from coffee machines. Mr. Coffee would burn down uh, houses uh, because the, the clock would turn on and that thing would just burn down the place. So underwriter laboratories uh, became a thing. And what uh, underwriter, I believe, is the is it's essentially the insurance industry. In, the insurance institutes created a consortium of of UL uh, underwriter laboratories. They're underwriting the insurance of these places. So they want just like the uh, NTS, uh, not, not the NTSB, the um, the insurance. The people that that do the offset crash testing of cars is the National Insurance Institute. So the Insurance Institute got sick of paying out money to on all these cars that were killing people because they have to pay. They're, they're insuring the people. They don't want to pay. So that's why they created all these tests, the bumper bashers and stuff. So it was a simple way of reducing their costs and it had the side benefit of getting consumers highly active about wanting to drive the, the safest car. So if you're a car salesman, at a certain point, you knew that safety sells. Uh, and that's why, you know, once it went from one airbag, two airbags, now they got 12 airbag systems. The more airbags, or airbags are more popular than cup holders and minivans. So that's how you how the insurance institute drove safety and why they did it for their own self-protection. I'm pretty sure that underwriter laboratories is the same thing. It was created. It's not part of the government. So if you get a UL listing, you go over to UL, they create a product standard for you. And then after that, you pay them whatever cash you need to pay them. And then they'll stamp on the UL approval. So once you have a UL approval, they pretty much have enough electrical engineers there to be able to uh, t look look at Mr. Coffee and tell you that you know you're using too your resistor is too low your wire is not enough uh, obviously you're heating up the water and that heating element is too close to these wires so you don't want to have the whole thing just burn down the the family as they sleep and it you know the fire turns on in the morning <sighs> so. There's all that that's available uh, on batteries and stuff like that. But if you have stuff with uh, with underwriter laboratories, uh, if you have a battery and you have a battery safety and you have safety of the device, you have to look at every single thing. So the battery goes into the mod. So the only way that the mod is going to have a problem is if the circuit board is made crappily. So they have to control the circuit boards. Well, it, it, it could also, the, the failure of the mod could happen in the wires that go to the circuit board. Maybe they're too small of a gauge or gauge with wires. It's like lowers a bigger gauge and higher. If the wire is too thin, uh, that uh, it's going to be bad. So you, you have to make sure that the wires and then maybe the solder joints are bad. So they control the board and the wires from the battery and then there's the connectors and the springs and then all of this stuff uh, then then, then the, the 510 connector. Well they're going to have to control the 510 connector because that's where it's uh, it's used uh, against the uh, the element where the coil, where it gets the heat. So they're going to have to control the coil because the coil could have a failure. And if, if you say that the coil is too, uh, too low of resistance, you're essentially just creating a short and you'll short the battery. So you better make sure that the board uh, is correct. And then if the board is correct, that it's not going to send an improper signal back to the battery and make the battery flame out. So once you control the battery, you control 
every aspect of the hardware. An additional benefit of the cold benefit uh, amendment is that it doesn't matter what type of nicotine. It could be any nicotine. And they're con they control the entire device. So the device is controlled. So you get all of that with the Cole Bishop Amendment. And my conclusion is that's a lot of stuff that the, current, the FDA currently doesn't have that they're going after. And there's no safety point. Now, there's some a lot of people that are out there that say that it's already that it's already there. You already have the control of the devices. Well, not if you've been listening to my show. Not if you've been listening to my last show, 12.5. 12.5 featured the uh, Mitch Zeller and the FDA giving a question and answer period uh, to anybody that asks questions. And there's a woman that, that follow-ups to a Zeller question, and she emphasizes it has to be a finished tobacco product. What is a finished tobacco product? That's something that's sold to consumers. Well, what? Is, so that's that's a finished product. It's sold as its own SKU, if you will. It has its own UPC code, if you will. Uh, and if that UPC code doesn't have tobacco in it, it is not a tobacco product. Boom, the end. That's what we currently have. Now, there's people out there that have a different reading of the law. I haven't had any of them come up and challenge what I've said. Uh, of course, who am I? I'm just a fucking idiot on the radio. But I still haven't heard them. Uh, so, uh, the other thing it takes away is the, the, the protections of freedom of expression in magazines. All of this stuff happens. And then, just to keep it real short, is that you get the grandfather date change. If you get the grandfather date change, the FDA goes, eh, well, you know, we're, we, we got it. You, you know, you, you got, you got it. You got your grandfather date changed. So now we have to accommodate you. You got it. Let give us a couple of weeks. We'll come back to you. We'll tell we we'll tell you what we're going to do. And then they come back and tell you what to do and said, yep, all the grace periods gone. Uh, you've already got your grace periods with the with the grandfathering. There's absolutely no reason to give you more grace periods because you already got them. You just you just took the grandfather date all the way to this year. So uh, there it is, boom. And then uh, that even even though they take away the grace periods because you are grandfathered and there's this currently this this 90 day clock. It's kind of a it's kind of even on the scale, but the FDA can still go after any new products by saying that you must submit a substantial equivalence immediately that there is no grace period for for these new products and and it gets tricky with the 90 days but let's just go in the scenario of it's after the 90 days and the FDA is either going to be taking PMTAs or substantial equivalents well if you're trying to do a substantially equivalent to a grandfathered product, you have to recreate all of the data that was in that you would have had to do for a PMTA minus X amount, say, say 20%. But so you have to do maybe 80% of what you would have had to do for a uh, for a uh, for an SE. So you have to define what your original product is as if you actually had done a PMTA on it, and then you have to do the comparison between the two, saying that they're equivalent. If there's a chance that they're going to say that it's not substantially equivalent and go try again or just try a PMTA. It's a long way of saying, and um, I don't think this is as organized as I would like it to be, but the, 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 it boils down to the benefit of the grandfather date change of using an SE application is may indeed not be as significant as people think. 
that it would if you were already focusing on the PMTA and you were able to generate a PMTA you wouldn't need to use that SE pathway and then the other side of it is there's a lot of advocates out there that think that the FDA is absolutely going to kill every aspect of vaping and everything is a charade and a game and uh, and, and, and it's uh, the, the deal has been cut with RJR and uh, they're, they're going to come after us and get us and it's just a matter of how they destroy us it's it's just a foregone conclusion now if you've bought into that then I of course you're going to disagree with me because I think that there is I don't think that's true I think as soon as one company gets a, an approval for a vapor uh, I don't want to use the word vapor for an tobacco derived e-cigarette once the first company gets that for a tobacco derived uh, e-cigarette that the pathway is open the gates are, are, are you know it, it, it then it becomes an, a surmountable achieve <sighs> using the wrong words once one big company gets through the path for the little companies becomes available and then it's just a matter of filling out the paperwork so if you think that RJR Reynolds is going to get through with their views the FDA cannot as a matter of law give RJ Reynolds access to this market and not give other people that are doing their due diligence and making their PMTAs they cannot do that it it they just they can't do it on on many different levels and it, it just it's just the way it is and and the way the reason why is how different are e-liquids from each other it's three ingredients and a classification of ingredients it's artificial and natural flavors PGVG and nicotine. That's it. If somebody is, uh, you know, sticking in nicotine enhancers into their uh, e-cigarettes, I'm not aware of it. But there, there could be some people that are putting in boosters into the e-liquid to uh, to bonus up the nicotine hit, so people get a better sensation faster. It, it's it's it is commonly done, and I wouldn't put it past views at all. Uh, it was commonly done with cigarettes. It's also commonly done with snus. Um, there was uh, Jacobson snus out there that put in a substantially equivalent product. And what they did is they changed the pH of the nicotine to give a higher, faster nicotine hit when the user used it. And they tried to stick a substantial equivalence exemption pathway on that. And the FDA sniffed it out and said, ah, you're, you're, you, you don't get to do an SE on changing the pH. So the, the you know, the, in the Jacobson advertising, uh, it said, with this snooze, you get your nicotine rush faster. So they're they're advertising the pH change, right? And they're you're using it as a marketing advantage. And then they thought they'd sheepishly walk over to the FDA and go, yeah, it's substantially equivalent. It's just it's just that the nicotine hits the user with super speed now. Other than that, it's exactly the same. No no problem. And so it got kicked out. So I, I think that once a big company gets their uh, e-liquid approved, it's going to open up the, the doors to everybody else. And and obviously, I have my little startup uh, and, and draining my bank account to fund it. 
that is based off of that. So I'm all in. I'm all in thinking that's going to happen. So if you want to say that I've got a bias to thinking that that's going to happen, fine. But I'm telling you what my bias is. I think it's going to work. I'm 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 sold on it. So I get to read some of these comments going back to to these little secret hidden groups that uh, basically feed the the vapor viewers what they need to say. I guess I don't know what it is. So AJ Mole tells me that uh, uh, dissent is okay just so long as it doesn't come from this asshole. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Kevin Price, who is there, Kevin M. Price, is a guy on Facebook, uh, and he was going around two days before I got uh, I put this message out saying. Uh, he was had a little thing on his Facebook and he was saying he wanted to go out to all the groups to find out where I was and he was going to ask that I was going to be banned from these groups. So he was like, you know, like oh, we're, you know, let's get him banned. So then other people, some guy, uh, you know, sends me a message on my Facebook, you know, we're going to ban you. And, uh, and uh, so I, I'm basically waiting for it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and then, uh, so Kevin Price says, saw this coming a few miles away, so he's anticipating it. And then Nocknor, who ironically is a guy using a fake alias, right? Uh, his name is not Nocknor, it's apparently Patrick, and he runs a show over on the Smoke Free Network, and that's run by uh, Demetrius Agarfons. And uh, he is uh, he's one of the, the common hosts. I think his show is called Sons of Liberty. You can also listen to Mr. Nocknor, whose real name is not Nocknor, but it's actually... Patrick. Um, and he says, dissent is one thing, but he has insulted industry leaders for the past two years. You cannot have a discussion with him because his opinions are the only valid ones. I stopped participating in any conversation he has uh, been in when he told Julie, Julie, Julie Wurzner that she was out of 90 seconds. Ooh, 90 seconds. Ready to crack in? Ready the Kraken? Let me go back to see if there's anybody on the... Uh, I don't see anybody there. Uh, I see one caller, uh, but uh, uh, he is there. His question mark little thing went away. If he wants to talk again, I will open it up. So uh, you want to push your one again? I can see it if you do. Uh, 60 seconds. And the phone line is opening up 60 seconds to go. Yes, did you want to say something else? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I'm sorry. You had me on a whole different thing. Um, got a question about the Cole Bishop Amendment versus the um, Coal Bill 2058. Um, have you? Can you get a lawyer or somebody with a law degree to confirm what you have been talking about um, for the prior hour about the differences between the two? I will endeavor to do that. None of the lawyers that I'm aware have said that I am wrong. I don't believe that I'm wrong. Um, but uh, the only way to really... Ten seconds. I'm not going to say you're wrong or wrong. I understand, but wait, you're, 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 I, I, I'm not sure if this is going to cut you off or not. Okay, so it looks like... I don't think it should. No, it's, that's what I've... Because I've been on the other side of it where it looks like now nobody else can call in. Um but you're, you'll still hear. So, so let me just say, because I think I know exactly where you're going. Um, 
the the people from VTA that have been pushing. Well, you asked the question. Well, let, let me just let me just say what I'm going to say. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, that that the people that have been pushing the bill have 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 heard what I've said, and they have not dismissed it in any way. They have not said that it's not a whole new standard of regulations. Uh, Dimitri has said, wouldn't it be great if we had a different set of regulations that weren't uh, that didn't worry we were not covered as tobacco, but we were also as a vapor product. So this is that. This is a new set of regulations to call us a vapor product instead of tobacco. The thing is that nothing extracts the whole act, uh, the, the Tobacco Control Act. The only thing trying to extract that act are the lawsuits. And the lawsuits, uh, who knows if they're going to win. The best probability I've heard of, of any of them is 10%. And, and more most people think it's more like 5%. So 1 in 10, 1 in 20. So it's a very low odds. Nothing you want to risk your business on. So it, it, I, the, the, the question is a great one. And, and it's something that I want to work on. And, and if I can get a lawyer or if there is a regulatory lawyer out there that is uh, listening, if they want to send me an email to say that they want to come in and uh, talk about it, Great. So my my email is vapingindustry at gmail.com, vapingindustry at gmail.com. If a lawyer wants to uh, use their iPhone, record a message, and then send that message to me at, in that email, I can play whatever your legal analysis would be uh, unedited and uh, let it out that way. Uh, so any if you know the problem is uh, uh, lawyers are uh, often basically jukeboxes, right? If you have to insert coins for them to play, uh, so I, I'm I'm not going to fund a lawyer to tell me this, but if if there is a lawyer that wants to come in and opine on it, absolutely, it'd be fantastic. And until then, people will probably still be questioning me. Do you know if Julie Wesner or Greg Connolly have commented on the differences between? Bishop and HR 2058. To my knowledge, uh, I mean, I think you you would want. I don't think they're either of them are, or I don't think either of them are actually actively practicing law, but they do have law degrees. Correct. Correct. But I think I think uh, I think uh, I think uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Greg Conley has a shingle out and is practicing. I'm not sure about Julie, uh, but. Uh, the only only thing I can tell you is that on the on the Cole Bishop amendments, uh, I think that Greg is for them. I think I saw that today, and I think that Kassaw is evaluating them. But as far as uh, you know, I, I don't I don't that's that's the best of my knowledge. I wouldn't feel comfortable with with saying anything other than that. I've heard you still, and I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm not saying you're right. It's just one of those things. It's when you're talking about legalese, I prefer to have somebody in the profession translate them to me, you know, not somebody that's on a podcast. Oh, sure. I mean, of not course. I'm not I, I get right it. I get it. How about this? How about this? Here, here's something. It's called uh, this. This is how it's written. 
uh, it says other known entities and organizations making this request, making the Cole Bishop request, are the Cigar Association, the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers, Sweetest Match, National Tobacco, General Cigar, the Vapor Technology Association, so, Altria, okay, back up. RJR Reynolds, okay, back up. Can, I'll, I'll finish it first, Our, Altria, uh, RJR Reynolds, Convenience Distributors, uh, Pipe Council, Swisher International, and the National Association of Tobacco Outlets. All of those are co-authors. Okay, so the cigar rights people are supportive of this? I didn't see cigar well, rights. Um, I saw a Cigar Association of America, if that's what you mean. Yes. But yeah, cigar. Okay, I, I'm. I don't. I'm not familiar with the cigar advocacy scene. I just know that they were very active in the commenting session. So I was just curious. They were for it, but then again, their product right. is not being redefined like ours is. And, and, so I, I am not sure of that. Right. Okay. I also wouldn't comment on another thing. Sure. It, I have to call you, I have to call you, can I call you a hypocrite real quick? Be my guest. Um, you were, you were um, getting on to Knock Nor, a.k.a. Patrick. Yes. Why were you, what, what, what were you getting on to him about? Well, I mean, I people have come after me and said that uh, you used a fake alias uh, very famously, uh, Dimitri, right, Dimitri, Dimitri, Dimitri came after me and said, "You've used a fake alias." So, because you used that fake alias, he said that nobody in the industry should ever believe a single word that I said, and that's probably a source of butt hurt for me. So then, I, I believe that there is an irony that I'm pointing out, rather than hypocrisy upon me. I'm saying I'm pointing out an irony that the same man that uh, that has uh, used that on me many times. To, to, to the point where he's used it on me so many times, you interjected. When you first called up, you were like using it on me. That's how common he's been yeah, beating me with, right? So now he has his own network, his own show, and he has a guy on there that's using a fake alias, and he has his whole thing. So I think that is Patrick the irony. But Patrick, Patrick, it, Patrick has been using. I I've never heard of Patrick until about three weeks ago when he started his whole show on Smoke oh, Radio. I, 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 well, that's I, good for you. But I, if I look him on Facebook, yeah, but on Facebook he goes by Knock Nor. For all I know, that's his real name. Maybe Patrick isn't. I don't know. I'm just saying it's ironic that the man that came after me for my fake alias, my damn Tom Baker thing, is now put this other guy up on his thing, and and so that's the irony. I, I'm pointing out the irony. And so if you think it's hypocrisy for me to point out the irony, I accept that that's what you think. Well, I think it's not important. You, you can't point out what somebody else has done that you've done yourself. Well, I, that's I, beside the point. I, they often say that you, you, know, you can't judge other people, and, and I can. I, I can judge other people. So I, I'm judging. Uh, if you want to, if you want to judge me as being a hypocrite, that's that's in your purview. And I can. I, 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 do, I don't judge you at all. Okay. Well, I am. My my, my main focus throughout my whole advocacy thing is is I want more people involved in advocacy. I want more people going not going after not more. Patrick and Dimitri, I want them going after the American Lung Association, the um, American Cancer Society, 
senator butthole from Connecticut, who's all a mole, whatever, from Connecticut. I want them going after those people. Those are the real enemies. You know, what what if an, the people within the own community? What what if an advocacy so, group is uh, what what if an advocacy group is controlled by a manufacturer that designs in uh, something that gives his company an advantage and then tells other people that they should all oblige by that standard? You ever hear of a company called Rambus? Uh, Rambus was a fabulous semiconductor that inserted into the DDR standards uh, their own proprietary technology. So they all went into this little group and then uh, they, they decided to create the DDR2 standard. And then uh, after all the standard was done, it turned out that Rambus had inserted their patented technology into the standard. So all the people started to manufacture it and then Rambus came calling for royalties. So there are ways that, you know, if somebody has a business, but then they're representing a, an open standard or representing advocacy, it's possible that that they're not doing something in the best interest. So I, I understand why people want to do the whole kumbaya and they want all these groups to work together and, and then... Because right now we we have a whole bunch of we, we have a whole bunch of people that are working together as this coalition, and then we have VTA, which is being pushed by Dimitri. So I mean, I I think you have to pick and choose, and and at a certain point, do you do you think do you think Mountain Oak Vapors has power to get whatever patent or whatever to? e-liquid market i don't think they do i do not think they do either i don't think, they, I, don't think I was suggesting that um, either so i don't I, think I, they I, do and i don't that that, that that is basically what you're suggesting and no 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 excuse me sir excuse me excuse me sir no 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 I am not suggesting that, and I'm also saying that when you said it, I don't think that's true. I'm not suggesting that. I don't even know how that would be possible. Can, can, can I agree with you on a point? Sure. Um, you were talking about like the patent point. Um, the Tobacco Control Act was basically written by Marlboro Cigarettes, and the whole issue behind that law was no to no new tobacco products on the market. I mean, that's basically, they wrote that law to be so tedious that there would be no new tobacco products in the market. So the issue of legislation to protect your capitalism is not a new issue whatsoever, where, no matter what industry you go into. That's been happening, and it's shown by the Marlboro Protection Act. Okay, so you're saying that the Tobacco Control Act of, of 2009 is the Marlboro Protection Act. Is that correct? Would you not agree with me? Um, I, I think it's more than that. Uh, I think that, that that that's one way of interpreting it, I suppose. But I, here's how I understand the tobacco contract of 2009, is that they wanted to do something uh, to, to handle cigarettes because there was no way they could stop them. And it was a foregone conclusion that they can't stop them right. being from sold. But, you know, because people are still going to be stupid enough to, to use them and they're not going to be able to just ban them because you've got 20 to 25 percent of these people addicted to this product and they're not going to give it up so that's a you just can't take it out you know and have a cold turkey the whole nation so they understood right. that so what they decided to do is say we will allow no products on the market that will be any more dangerous than the ones that we currently have so it grandfathered the safety level to the dangers that cigarettes already are so if a company like Reynolds wants to put in 
in some sort of a coumarin that was used uh, in the for to, to change the nicotine loading. If they want to put that in into a new product, and so what? So it's it's now it's not coumarin. It's something now different. It's it's a so uh, if they want to put product X into the cigarette because it's going to juice up the nicotine and that just happens to be carcinogen, they won't be allowed to do that because they'll have to show that it's safe as anything else as, as the current product. So they'll have to put in a PMTA. So the example that was used, or I can use now, is the crush products. They put in a little vial of liquid in the filter that if you crushed it, that you could, uh, you could, uh, you know, it gives you a, a bigger menthol hit. And so the tobacco company said, uh, sorry, the FDA said, uh, you, you can't put that under an SA. You have to file a pre-market uh, approval for it. You can't just put that in the consumer. Yeah. So I don't think that it's a protection act. No, I don't think it's that. Um, I, actually, when you're bringing in the um, um, crush cigarette point of view, um, Marlboro got their crush product on the market, and it's still on the market. Okay, I, I haven't smoked so cigarettes actually, in about twenty years, so uh, I. I you're, you're, so you actually, actually, oh yeah, you you, you said twenty years. I said it. twenty, yeah. I haven't smoked a cigarette. <laughs> I haven't smoked a cigarette, and well, actually, it's been three months. But yeah, I, I'm part of the one percenters. I. I, I I've, I've had, yeah, I uh, I'm using yeah, it for the nicotine. I I I I smoked. I smoked for a couple of years, and then I quit easily. And then I started smoking again for about a year, uh, and then I quit easily again. So I tried to figure out why it was that I could quit so easily. And then eventually, I decided that I really wanted the nicotine, so I started with gums. Uh, I used a patch too, and so I was an NRT user. And then eventually, I got sick of the NRT, and I went cold turkey on the NRT. And then eventually, I went to uh, to uh, to vape. Uh, so I am really part of the one percent. Uh, I'm not. My path is, is not common at all. You be quiet about your path. Not that it's wrong or anything like that. Is that I think the advocacy based on people like me. I was a 20 year smoker. Started vaping three and a half years ago. I've had two cigarettes since then. Um, and by the way, those two cigarettes were the nastiest thing I've ever had. Um, I think, you know, that's just more of the advocacy point. I'm not against what you're doing and I've lost my train of thought of why I press one. You probably wanted to hit me, hit me in, it was probably back to knock nor and and calling me a hypocrite. And that's, you probably want to get back onto that. That was your train of thought. No, no, no. I went actually, the reason I pressed one is I pressed one a long time ago is I, I actually, I'm not disagreeing with you. It all about the differences between Cole, Cole Bishop and the 2058. Um, I, I just want to hear somebody with a law degree say it because they know how to read these things. And I'm not saying you're reading it wrong or anything. I'm just saying you're whatever you quoted yourself, some dumbass with a podcast. That's what you called yourself, whatever you called yourself right afterwards. And that's what I want to kind of hear is the differences between them. Because I don't know myself, and I'm not going to claim to know. Yeah, I but know. I do want to hear. I, I I do know some of the regulatory attorneys, um, and but I I am not a client of any of them at this point. And and right now, 
all of the lawyers that I that I had like you know conversations with uh, before the deeming hit, they're all it's now go time for everybody. So. Uh, like I was gonna even say this somewhere else is that th- there's people that I would like to get on uh, for interviews that are part of the industry, uh, but I think it's gonna be very hard to get those people to come on uh, for at least another 80 days because nobody is gonna waste any time with me uh, or or much of anything else because they're all gonna be just you know doing what they need to do to 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 beat the 90 days. Um, so ev- everybody right now is scrambling. Um, and, and including the lawyers. Have you heard from any of them? And that brings me to a different point. Have you heard anybody else about the 90 days, what happens in 90 days? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty that, it's pretty straight. I mean, it's uh, every, everything that is on the market up in, you know, August 8th, 2016 is either the, the date that it changes or the date before it changes. So let's just say it's August 9th. Uh, it, at that point, you can't release a new product that is covered by the Tobacco Control Act into the market uh, without a pre-market approval. That's what it is. I got a hypothetical question for you on that. So let's say I go into my local vape store that mixes their own liquid, and I go like, hey, I want this in volume, I, I want seven milligrams of nicotine in this and I do this let's say August 15th would they be able to do that would that be an illegal activity by them and let's say they've never produced a seven well, milligram e-liquid and strawberry whatever okay well bear in mind that I am trying what I am trying to do is to create pre-market and bear in mind I'm asking you this alright I understand uh, what I'm trying to do is to uh create pre-market approvals PMTAs and to fill out the necessary paperwork in whatever scenario the FDA in any scenario with the with the lawsuits in any scenario with the legislation however the waves change I want to ride that wave uh, you know and, and navigate it through and surf through it I'm uncoordinated you know so it's not like I can surf but I uh, I want to, to be able to, to handle whatever the case may be whatever whatever the, the situation gets thrown so that's I'm trying to do that now so that I am trying to be a hundred percent legal and, and all of that stuff one legal not legal opinion but I emailed uh, uh, Bill Gottschall um, shortly after the final deeming regs were announced, I said, hey, have you done a podcast? And he answered no. He said, but as of August 10th, um, the FDA is going to start sending warning letters out to uh, self, to store mixing companies to stop doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I also wanted to... Go ahead. I also wanted to get... What uh, is the point? I have the... Um, we were talking earlier about the American Cancer Society's action alert, and I have that open right now. So, all right, I was going to, I was going to read the message just go, out. Just go for it. Want just hit their it. Members, yeah, just their go ahead and read it. To send to Congress. Yeah, just read it. Okay. Subject: Protect FDA's authority to regulate all capital all tobacco products. As your constituent and a volunteer with the American Cancer Society Action Network, I am writing 
to ask you to oppose efforts to weaken the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's FDA's oversight authority over all tobacco products, including electronic cigarettes, cigars, hookahs. The FDA just recently moved to regulate these products under the Congress granted in the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act of 2009. Protection of the FDA's in particularly is particularly crucial because many of these products are very popular with youth. If we can prevent youth from starting the use, if we can prevent youth from starting to use tobacco products, they will be less likely to start as adults. And that is the locked part of the message. Under the personalized message, you can edit this, um, but they still have a pre-written message. Congress should not strip FDA of its oversight authority when electronic cigarettes when it, when electronic cigarette use by high school students have jumped has jumped 16% in a very short time, and when more than 11% of high school boys are smoking are smoking cigars, the FDA has much to get done to oversee these products, including pr prohibiting flavors in these products, which are attractive to the youth, as well as reining in the marketing of these products. Please oppose any efforts to undercut the, ever the FDA's oversight authority of these products. So there was no distinction between Cole Bishop and Cole. Well, it does sound to me like there's a distinction because they're talking about tobacco, um, and so they're talking. The only thing that is out there right now is tobacco. So they they are against a grandfather date change, um, but they are not against uh, the 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 vapor product standard. They're not stating they're against the vapor product standard. So my concern is that they rip out uh, the 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 uh, the predicate date change. Out of out of uh, the Cole Bishop amendment keeps on flying, but because of the pressure put on by the ALA and anybody else, they rip out the uh, the language for the predicate date change, and then what is left is this whole new categorization of nicotine products, and then that that part then gains much more support the difference because i have such a hard time explaining it to anybody it, it, it's going to be totally lost on the congressman and then the congressman all vote for it and that part goes in that that's part of the risk uh of what i'm talking about why i'm against the cole bissett bill uh you know amendments right now because i don't need to see anything else i i think i i i'm absolutely I am confident in my position as best i know that this creates a new series of regulations and i could play it again right now where the author is it says it can go after flavors the author of the bill says it can Bishop? uh it's it's actually cole in this case uh he he says that it can go after oh, flavors cole? yeah i mean i i can uh oh, that, 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 that that bothers me more than anything um i mean because it's cole bishop okay if cole was saying that it could go after flavors that worries me Bishop, I'm assuming, is a Democrat. Correct. Um, says it. I'm not that worried. But if Cole's against flavors, that has me worried enough. Whole new, whole new stratosphere. 
Well, let me just... I'm looking forward here because I've got... I'm pretty sure that only a Democrat would say something like that. Well, and I'm not partisan or bipartisan because not uh, Democrats. Yeah. Okay, uh, you should be able to hear this. Um, I, I, I won't be able to see it. And no, but you can hear I can't it. See it then I won't. Can you hear what I'm? What is, hear that noise in the background right now? I actually know when you play something when you play something over the internet. I couldn't hear it. In fact, when I called in earlier, okay. The show with all right. I understand. I, I, could, I couldn't hear that at all. Well, I've got I've got most of it connected at least. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take off my headset and, and let you listen to it uh, at the same time. Um, and I'll play it right now. This is Cole. This is the Cole that's going to be saying this. Hold on. Oops, Bill. Last year regarding the marketing. <laughs> ain't going to work. Uh, uh, what I'll do is when you uh, hang up, um, uh, you can listen to it online and I'll play it right then. But it's going to be Cole that says it. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Um, what worries me about that is, is if the, uh, this is purely not about coal, about either legislation versus anything. That means that Tom Cole, the Republican out of Oklahoma, is not exactly supportive of flavors. And that bothers me more than anything. Yeah. So I, I, so I, I think, I think, I think your points are well taken. Because um, I'm gonna, I'm, will go now to play uh, Cole, and so you can listen to that when, when you get off the phone. Just get by. You know, I presume you have a web, uh, your internet next to you. Um, so I actually, from, uh, you know, you, you have your. So I'll play what Cole is saying, and Cole is saying that he can go after flavors. Uh, but my point is is that I think that the predicate date change can be ripped out and the, the remaining language can go forward. However, if that's not the case, I believe that the long-term dangers of the predicate date change and these writer amendments are, are negative enough to where I would say I don't want the predicate date change. Now that's highly controversial, and and nobody else I've heard has said this. Casaw has said they're not going to decide yet, so they're taking a wait and see attitude. They've not said one way or the other. But uh, and there's I don't want to speak for any other groups uh, because I don't know their exact position. But nobody is saying screw this predicate date change when it comes along with the coal bill. So that's that was a controversial thing that I said and I put out there in my open letter to the community. And, uh, and, and that's why it's even more frustrating that I would put myself out on the line like that and, and then they, these two little groups that they just ban me and then, then, then they mock me after they ban me. So, uh, so there it is. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and move on, uh, but as soon as you get off the phone, I'm going to go ahead and play this uh, little section and you can listen to Cole, what he's saying, how it can go after flavors, okay? I got a question. Um, <laughs> okay. Who in the world wants to listen to three hours of this? Huh? Um, just, I don't know. I, I think I made it. Um, check your Facebook message that I just sent you a message. And uh, do, do whatever you need to do. Um, All right. Uh, going forward. I sure will. Hey, and by the way, um, I want to say one more thing to you. I promise this is the last thing. Um, I tried to do an advocacy-only podcast on this very network about a year and a half ago, 
And um, I was absolutely terrible at talking. And I am impressed by the way that you are doing your podcast. So you're doing a very good job. And I'm also happy that you only mentioned Dimitri's name twice tonight. So that's an improvement by you. So good job there. Okay, but that's so, um, that's my failing on this show then, because it's he's he's just involved with so many different things. I I can't avoid. I'm now at peace with mentioning his name, uh, so I will mention his name going forward. He's he's the chairman of the Chinese Manufacturing Association. How can I not talk? You know, right now, Joytech uh, has has taken blatant violations of. Uh, I, I if, said I was proud of you for not mentioning your name. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to do and, it. And you're about to go on a rant about it. I'm going to um, do I it. Will, I will tell you one thing. Um, Dimitri is better for this industry than negative. And that is my blanket say. I mean, he is doing more good than bad. The real enemy is the American lung, American Cancer Society, um, all, all those damn Democrats, one of them that wanted to stand up in the Senate and say he wanted to destroy the whole vaping industry. Um, those are the real enemy, not Dimitri, not, not Nor, um, not anybody else. We've got to concentrate on the real enemy. It depends what you can. I understand, but we, you know, it depends what you consider what the industry is. I've I've listened to Dimitri say that the industry is going to go down to ten players, and to me, that's 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 really bad for the industry. So if the pathway is to go down to ten people, that that destroys the industry. Ten, ten companies. Yeah. If it's going to go down, yeah, when, yeah he yeah, says that's are the companies Altera. No, it, he's yeah, and, enjoy, yeah. Um, that's who he said. I, I can probably name about yeah. um, five or six other tobacco companies that can afford the PMTAs. Right. So, and, so that's um, the vision. So one or two. Yeah. So, and I can guarantee you, when we talk top ten, and among these, as far as revenues producers, Mountain Oak Bakers is not part of the top ten. They're not tar- part of the top fifty. I'm sure. I don't know. They they, they represented they, they represented that they have two hundred and fifty million dollars of retail sales within their own self and uh, retail. The, the, if you took the retail products of all the different bottles that they produce, it would be two hundred and fifty million dollars uh, at retail is what was represented uh, by. That's, and so that, that, that's a lot in part of. As far as a vapor market's concerned, that's probably about a large size vapor company, but that is a very small tobacco company. Now, now remind me, I want to so, say is that he they were talking about if they're a white labeler, if they're a white labeler and they make a dollar on a bottle, uh, that doesn't mean Mountain Oak Vapors is that big. I don't know what the, the going rate for a white labeler is, but that's not, it's not like Mountain Oak Vapors is 250, but they, they, they are a manufacturer for a lot of different companies. So uh, who knows what's going to happen? It, it's, it's all, you know. It is what it is. I mean, but, I don't know either. But all I can say is that right now he is chairman of Sevia, and Sevia it, it represents Joytech, unless I'm mistaken, and I'm pretty sure Joytech is one of the members. Joytech, Sevia, yeah. as far as I know, is they rec- they are representative of the Chinese manufacturers, which are Kanger, Joytech, Aspire, and probably about three other large manufacturers that I am not aware of. Or not mentioning. I've seen the list of names, and I saw the list of the names. I'm going like, yeah, I use that product, that product. 
So those people are concerned about bringing their hardware, not necessarily the software, meaning the e-liquids, which is really what's at stake. Right. I do not have a problem with him bringing okay. so that I under, money I, in I, to help with the fight. Okay, I understand. I am concerned about what he's fighting for. I, I'm just saying that... He, but I'm not concerned about the money. If if you have a personal relationship, and I'm not saying you do, but if somebody has a personal long-standing Facebook, if a generic individual has a personal long-standing vaping-related personal friendship with Dimitri, that's all fine and good. But that that was back in the old days. And now Dimitri is the chairman of Sevia, the, the, the chairman of the board of Sevia, which is a consortium of Chinese manufacturers. And Joytech, three days ago, has joined Sevia. And so my point with Joytech is that Joytech is a blatant patent infringer upon the Evolve patents to where Dimitri has said that they have a one-to-one -one board. You can go and listen to his old podcast. He said he's looked at the lawsuit and he's looked at the boards and it looks like a, a swap-out replacement for these things. So in, Involve is an American company trying to satisfy the American market and is working with the FDA. And because that they're working with the FDA, there's a good chance that they can get their products sufficiently beyond the FDA. They're going to put the money into it to stay in business. They want to be around in any environment that the FDA creates. So if you have Sevia, whose main company, Joytech, is siphoning the money out of Brandon and uh, John's hands, so where they can't defend the product for the United States people, how can I not mention that Dimitri is not making a position statement on clones of American hardware? He has to do it. And so right now, I'm telling you that Dimitri has to make a statement about what Joytech is doing to evolve. Because you can't be for advocacy and be for cloning and, and ripping out well, the heart okay, of American okay, companies. No, oh, can okay, you? Okay, okay. You just brought two separate issues into one issue. It, yes. Um, the whole, the whole, the whole evolve versus Wismac, Joytech issue is something that the courts are going to settle or not settle. And I really do not have a horse in that thing. I mean, that's that's something the courts. The courts are going to say, hey, variable wattage belongs to evolve or it doesn't belong to evolve. They apply for the patent. We'll see. And I don't have a horse in that issue, and I really don't care. As long as somebody is able to produce variable wattage things, I'm, I'm cool with. Now, you're, you're confusing that with other issues, and those should be separated out. All right. So uh, I'm going to play as soon as you hang up. I'm, I think you're going to be near a computer, and uh, I'm going to uh, play this clip of what... Uh, Cole says about the regulation. Will you do me one, fa uh, one favor? Will you answer my little message I just sent to you? Okay, I'll look at it. Uh, I'm going to look at it right now. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. Sure. Uh, just. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Okay. Let's we'll do that. Yep. And. Uh, it's, it's good talking with you. Um, good, good show. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in anybody who makes it to this end of this three hours, and we'll go forward to it, and um, we'll talk. Well, I tell you, I, I can make it shorter. I can just edit out everything we just talked about, and I'll make it real short. 
I don't even know what I'm just talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you, you have control over that, not me. I told somebody that this is not going to last that long today. I didn't think it would, uh, but, uh, you know, this is what happened. Um, so, okay. Uh, I, I will tell you it's most entertained I've ever been during one of your podcasts. All righty. Thank you. I'm, I'm hanging up. I'm going to play this clip, and then uh, I get make sure that it works. Bye. Okay. Let me just go over and make sure that Mixler is still going to pick it up. Mute me. So the Agaprobes bill last year regarding the marketing of these products to children and to youth. Uh, it includes restrictions on vapor products, frankly, that go further than the FDA's deeming rule and are consistent with the FDA's current treatment of cigarettes. Certainly, my amendment would uh, require the agency to take a category-wide approach in regulating this emergency market instead of a piecemeal look. That category approach uh, related to this either emergency market or emerging market, one of the two. That means effectively if you found a flavor or something that you thought was particular. Flavor? So you want a category wide, and then if you found a flavor, yes. Uh, you know, um, uh, inappropriate. Okay, so now he's saying that there is something as a defined and inappropriate flavor. I've never heard of what this is. I, I don't think that any flavor is inappropriate. How could it be? We are all humans. We all have the same senses. Uh, and so any flavor, there is no such thing as a child-friendly flavor. I think that is an entire fabrication. It's a myth. It can't be supported by the science. And if any any good scientist is going to be able to dismiss that, and it's just a matter if you have a, a, a group of scientists that have a, an axe to grind and they want to make a point. I talked to this uh Brigham Trimus, it was the person that uh, presented the flavors at the FDA. I walked up to her and I said, uh, I wanted to talk to her. I've got her card somewhere here. This whole premise of childhood flavors is a scientific fallacy, but he's used it. You could ban it for all these products, not simply. Okay, so you're going to be able to ban it for all of these products, not simply handle one product at a time so you just take the whole fucking lot of them and you nail them all is what he's saying or literally the product might stay on uh, uh, you know it wasn't regulated for years so so he's talking about it wasn't regulated for years so uh, eh, you know it's time for it it's time for this ability is what he's saying Actually, in some ways, it enhances and simplifies the FDA's regulatory authority. In this. Okay, so he says it enhances and simplifies. So you've just made it easier for the FDA to regulate. So when, when people are like, Ed, why, uh, why on earth would you be against this Cole Bishop bill, uh, the Cole Bishop amendments? It's because of this. It's because of this. Particularly in this particular area. Content also... And this amendment will also allow the FDA to focus on restricting the use of flavors that appeal to kids. Uh, okay, so yeah, I've played that in other broadcasts. So it boils down to that's what I'm concerned about. Um, so I'm going to go back uh, to, uh, to where I was. Uh, so what Knocknor... Uh, Patrick, uh, as he says, his dissent is one thing, but he has insulted advocacy leaders for the past two years. You cannot have 
a discussion with him because his opinions are the only valid ones. I stopped participating in any conversation he has been in when he told Julie Wersner that she was out of touch and shouldn't talk about things that she didn't know about. Hmm. Uh, I didn't mind it when he called the militia a bunch of Nazis and told us we were meaningless or when he suggested that Carl Phillips, Phillips was a tobacco, big tobacco minion. But when he said that about her, uh, it was going too far. He attacks anyone with a different opinion, and as far as I'm concerned, has never offered anything positive to the vape advocacy. Hell, he, hasn't, he, he wasn't even present in his own city's hearing to fight a ban. That's got... Uh, at this point, I think like 11 or 12 uh, likes. Um, so uh, Kevin Price, the guy that was just a couple days earlier, just, you know, railing on me, saying he was going to get me banned, just says agreed um, back. So uh, who the heck is messaging me? I, I can't read whoever's messaging me. It's throwing off my mojo. Um, so... Oh, fuck you. Uh, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> fuck you. Okay. Um, somebody who is just on the show wanted to call. I may have overreacted. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh... I stopped participating in it. Okay. So, first of all, when, when he's talking about with Julie Nocknor, I guess his real name is Patrick, whatever his name is. Uh, this is just the shit they used to say about me. Uh, Julie Worsner uh, was talking about, I was saying that I believed that there was a, with VTA was pushing these bills. And then Julie was basically, well, I don't know. We're not going to take a position and all this stuff. And I more or less said to her in an open public chat that she needed to make a decision. She needed to decide if she wanted to support Safada or she needed to decide if she wanted to support VTA, that she needed to make a decision. And I said that to her in a, in, in this little vape advocacy elitist thing where we're supposed to be able to, to speak freely. Um, so that's all I did. That's the only thing I said to Julie, and and I, I stand behind it, and I obviously I just said it. I think that that you know, and, and as far as I can tell, uh, she's finally taken my advice, or or she's addressed. How about how about this? She hasn't she hasn't listened to me anything, but I can say that because that she is part of Casa uh, is part of this uh, coalition, that it that I I can support the decisions made by Kassaw subsequent to our dialogue. So I'm fine with what I said. I think she's fine with what I said. I don't, I know, I, I said it earnestly. Uh, he says that I called the militia a bunch of Nazis. I have never called the militia a bunch of Nazis. I, as I said in, in a previous show, uh, you know, I have familial history with a group of people that are nothing like the militia. They are not a bunch of Nazis. They don't act like a bunch of Nazis. However, I have said that they 
have a terrible name, the Vaping Militia. And then when they combine that name with skulls and crossbones, and they combine that name with... Uh, that, that, that is akin to a Hell's Angels uh, black t-shirt. And then we, when they uh, use uh, the vaping militia uh, and they use uh, a, a rather renowned eagle that is, uh, I think it's a Brunderschotter or something like that. It's a, it's a very specific national bird of Germany. Uh, as opposed to, if, you're, if you want to have a motif of the militia, uh, my point to them was, Okay, you want to be this the revolutionary guard. You want to be the Minutemen. How about, guys, you use the bald eagle? You know, the bald eagle. Everybody knows what the bald eagle is. That's America. Why don't you use that, militia guys? You know, hey, hey, America. And that was my feedback to them. And, and instead of using this one that was uh, the same eagle that was erected by uh, the German government at the time in, in on top of a large pillar at the uh, World's Fair in France uh, before uh, things happened. Uh, besides, there's a, besides using that eagle, why don't you just, you know, they've received a lot of feedback that the vaping militia may not be a good name. A lot of people have said that to them. I've said it to them too. So they, I've never called them Nazis. I don't think they're Nazis, and I try at all costs not to use that thing. But if you're going to have a bird that is that was erected erected all over Europe in in monuments and things and they literally had to take jackhammers and chisels to remove that that bird if you're going to use that one you know just know your history guys don't use the word militia because the militia has a different connotation than it did in 1776 it's a different word now and 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 surely they must realize when, when uh, what's-his-face, Clive Bates is writing about militia, when, when you've got a, a person in California that is saying that she feels threat, threatened by the militia, and you've got these other people, that, that when you have all of that, you know, don't tell me in a secret group that I called you a Nazi, and don't expect me to say, I never said that, I don't think it, you're not a bunch of fucking Nazis. You're not. You may be a fucking bunch of clueless fucking morons. I'll tell you that. That's nothing personal. That's just a fucking evaluation of who you are. A fucking clueless moron. But it's not... I'm not going to deposit this fucking Nazi label on you. I wouldn't do it. I would say that you have got a stupid fucking name that, uh, that you think that it's okay to run around in black t-shirts and run over into city halls and go, Oh, we're the fucking militia. We're here to fucking talk to you about vaping. And I think it's going to go off poorly. I think it's a bad name. And when, when uh, Phil Bersardo told you the same, that he didn't like the militia name, when uh, Dimitri said he didn't like the militia name, when all of these reviewers told you that, that they didn't like the militia name, I'm no fucking different. So I don't accept that. And I don't appreciate that you wrote that about me. Mr. Nocknor. And then, uh, when you said that I asserted that Carl Phillips was a big tobacco minion, yeah, I did. He's paid. He's under contract. He, 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 gets, he derives his mortgage from big tobacco. He was over at the University of Alberta when he went over the University of Alberta. Big tobacco gave the University of Alberta about uh, $1.5, maybe $2 million. They created a department. He went into the department and he ran the department. When uh, the University of Alberta decided to take away the department, 
Carl Phillips didn't have a job anymore. They went, the whole campus went tobacco-free. He then, if you look at, at his disclosures when he does any sort of study or whatever, he discloses that he works for tobacco. It's just the way that it is. And then, and then the next thing is, uh, uh, what else did they say? I, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I know what I do. I, I know, uh, you know, what I say, and I'm responsible to everything that I say. So if Mr. Nocknor would like to come on uh, and say what he said uh, to me, he's absolutely free to do it. But what he's going to tell you is, oh, it's not worth my time. But he's not telling you that you're the truth. And so, you know, I'm running out of time, unfortunately. And then so let me just see, uh, you know, uh, 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 so, oh, uh, Julie uh, defended me uh, and then said, uh, but he's gone too far. Uh, uh, she said, I'm not a troll. I guess I thank her for that. And then uh, she said that uh, uh, she has no patience for people that are belligerent and disrespectful. I don't think there was anything in that letter that I was belligerent or disrespectful with. Darla McGann, a, a common poster, uh, said, oh, that Tom Baker, the Tom Baker that a year ago went after Dr. F., a year ago, Dr. F, I don't know about that, but all I do know that is the NIOSH uh, gave uh, Dr. F feedback that the diacetyl numbers that he is giving out are four times more restrictive than they should be, that a number like 66 parts per million that is everybody's used, such as ECDA up in Canada, and is pulling products off the shelf because those numbers uh, might exceed that, that that number should be more like 302 parts per million. So yeah, I am concerned that people might have been misled by that Dr. F study. Uh, and that does affect companies' businesses, and I'm all about supporting vaping industry businesses. Uh, it's I'm support the business because the, who cares the most about vaping? The people that have all those customers. It's not. It's not. Uh, you know. It's very important. Very important. So uh, a couple other things that happened, uh, ironically, uh, is that uh, out of the woodwork. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to. I'm thinking that you know, I'm out here all alone. And, uh, you know, what, what the hell is going to happen to me here? You know, I'm, I'm flying blind. I've got no wingmen. Um, people are banning me out of groups. Uh, they're not even telling me why. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I got one message from one person. Um, and let me, let me see if I can, uh, they, they said, uh, they said, uh, I belong to the TSFA and I compare my membership to paying the mafia off are you aware he will not allow business members seats on the board heaven forbid his godly presence be challenged in any way so I don't know I, I, I don't know anything about 5013Cs or how you, uh, what the boards do. Uh, I don't know why this person is indicating they feel like they're paying. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, there are a lot of fanboys and fangirls out there. And all I'm saying is that when you have the, the head of Sevia, uh, the chairman, as it says, and, and the chief operating officer of Mountain Oak Vapors, the guy that has started Vista, it's not just, it's just not your buddy on Facebook anyway. This guy is wielding authority and wielding power and has, has a responsible position and is, is a guy that uh, says he goes to the FDA every, every month. 
which I have a hard time believing because he, this guy doesn't go anywhere without announcing his presence every single way. And I've never seen him announce that he's going over to Washington, D.C. On a, on a monthly basis. I think it's BS. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to wrap it up super fast because I see the countdown clock. I've got a minute and 49 seconds. So I want to say that Evolve is a company that is working on items that are important to this industry. They are the innovator and they are also uh, are working to make sure that their devices withstand any, any FDA challenge. So if you are concerned about, uh, you know, devices and stuff like that, if you, I, I think that the devices are much more, uh, they're not, con they don't have tobacco in them, so they can't be controlled. With this Cole Bishop amendment, they can be controlled. If Cole Bishop uh, 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 gets passed, then all hardware is screwed, in my opinion. Uh, and there's the TFN defense goes away too. But Dimitri and Sevia need to put out a policy statement on what they are going to do about a company willfully infringing on the patents of Evolve. And I've read that lawsuit, and it's the, the, the evidence put into the, uh, the causes of actions are tantamount emissions that Joytech is doing that. So if Joytech wants to pay off Evolve and settle this, then that's something that should be done. But you can't say you're for advocacy in Sevia as Joytech without you know addressing this so dimitri needs to go and and ferret that and tease that and pull that out of of uh of sevia and also joytech i think that evolve needs a public response by sevia uh, and joytech about this whole thing because i believe it's corrosive to advocacy and i'm saying it's seven six five four three 